welcome from a very hot and summer, summerly studio here in the Netherlands. I'm Father Roderick, and you're listening to my weekly show, recorded at, uh, well, what is it, 35 degrees Celsius. That's uh, in the 90s Fahrenheit. But on with the show. As usual, this episode is brought to you thanks to my patrons over at patreon.com slash fatherroderick. It's a small but very, very supportive community that helps me pay for the for the bandwidth, for the equipment that I use, for the software that I use. I'm going to be talking about a new little piece of uh, software, an app that I'm using currently to stream, which is very cool. I didn't even know it was possible. But all that is co-financed made possible by my patrons and uh, as a thank you i record a special episode of my show for them every week where i go uh, over questions that people may have i give some behind the scenes information so if you want to uh, have access to that just join the patrons over at patreon.com slash father roderick you can already become a patron for as little as one dollar a month do you know what's going on this is what's happening in your world said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. As you know, I'm recording this in the studios downstairs in Amersfoort, and uh, I have a small room that I use. Um, it's it, it's adequate. It's not fantastic, and uh, in, in the past, I, I used this in conjunction with a green screen, so I would project basically any image. But I kind of stepped away from that because it was a lot of uh, workload on the computer. It was also a hassle to set up. And there is something about a real life set that I like. It's It feels more real, feels more personal. Um, but didn't really have the the time to to properly decorate it. So there's a kind of a, uh, a do-it-yourself set behind me. It's just a couple of cupboards from Ikea. But they're very dark. And so I put some some geeky stuff there just to kind of dress it up a little bit, but it's nothing compared to what it could be. Upstairs is even worse. Upstairs it really looks like an abandoned uh, abandoned apartment, which is what it is, because I abandoned this apartment last year when I moved to the rectory in uh, in the other part of town, and we've already we, we we've constantly uh, developed plans on 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 cleaning it up and and painting it and making it much more like a real office and also add some new studio rooms uh, to, to create a, a room where we can record talk shows. Uh, we want to create a studio kitchen where we can record live cooking shows. Um, and uh, But that is a lot of work. And finally, now that it's summertime, we've started the process of doing that. So we had an electrician this morning who's going to help us... Uh, Kind of update a little bit of the uh, electricity upstairs because this is a building that dates back to the 1950s in uh, the, the previous century. Um, so a lot of that has to be redone. And then, of course, we need to uh, start to to design the different rooms and the, the different sets. So I've been doing uh, quite a bit of work uh, on that this week and the next couple of weeks before I go on vacation. We're going to work on that. So if you're in the area and you want to... You're you're handy, and you want to help us with that. Let us know. We can always use some uh, some some people that are uh, well that th th they're better at this than I am actually. Um, and if you want to hear a little bit more about those plans, take a look at uh, or take a listen to uh, the the most current episode of the Walk. I think it's 237 that you can find over at tridio.com. Um, that is where you can uh, uh, where I 
talk a little bit more about what's going on and all those plans. I won't bore you with this. I got to keep this show short in general because I have a little less time than normal. Everyone here at the office is going home a bit early because of those high temperatures. There's a heat wave going on in Europe. And so I'm going to keep this show short so Inge can edit it and put it online for you to listen to. And, well, if you've downloaded this and you're listening to this in your podcast software, then we made it. Let's talk movies and TV shows. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. I've got both a TV show and a movie for for you in store for today's show. And let's start with the TV show. You know that in a couple of weeks from now, I think in the beginning of July, we will get the third season of one of the best television shows out there, Stranger Things. It's the famous uh, kind of Steven Spielberg kind of... Uh, a television series that wowed everyone with the looks, with the great script, and and most of all, the amazing acting by the child actors in that series. It is, uh, if you've never heard of the series, well, I, I bet you there's no not one single listener that hasn't heard of the series, but perhaps you haven't watched it yet. It is uh, It feels very much like a kind of a science fiction slash horror type of, of television series in the very much in the style of those 80s. Um, think E.T., think uh, Super 8, which actually was a much more recent movie, but was an homage to that kind of that visual style. Think Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Perhaps the, the Stranger Things is, is closest to Close Encounters in the way it's filmed, the way it's uh, the storytelling goes. It's a, a brilliant recreation of the 80s, the kind of the decade where, where I grew up. So if you want to know what my childhood looks like, check out these kids in Stranger Things. I was one of those kids. I could have, even the hair... I had hair like the kids in, in, in that series. If you don't believe me, I'll post a, p- a photo on, on, on social media later. But I had exactly the same hair as the, the boys in that series. And uh, so the third season, uh, everyone is looking forward to it. Um, but I have to be honest, I hadn't checked out the second season series yet i love the first season i started watching i think the first episode and then other stuff got in the way there's so much on my to watch list so um just the other day i started to watch uh, season two of stranger things um and it is amazing it is even better than the first series in, in a certain way, I, I like it better because it's a development of the characters. You don't have to go through the, you know, getting to know the people, establishing the world in which they live. Um, but they go straight to the drama, to what the events in season one, how these these drama these things have if affected the our our her- our heroes, our our protagonists, and they're both children and adults, and they all have gone through transformations. There is a lot of uh, there are a lot of separations going on. There are also a couple of new characters that are introduced, and boy, they are good. They're so good. You you think that it, you know you you can't really do that nowadays. You just bring in new characters, um, and and get you as a viewer to like them just as much or even more uh, as as the original cast. Well, they 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 pull it off. They introduce a, a Mad Max, who's a, a girl, uh, very good at, v- at playing video games, and 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 she's introduced as a girl who is wowing the the kids and mostly the boys at school because she is amazing at dig dug. Now, 
that won't ring a bell for those of you that have been born, um, you know, the, 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 the people that are born around the year 2000 or even later. But Dig Dug was one of those classic arcade games that kids like me used to play at the arcades. You had Pac-Man, Space Invaders. Dig Dug was one of my favorites. It was a fun game. I had a, a Dig Dug variant or probably uh, an unlicensed uh, copy or a lookalike on, on, I think, the ZX Spectrum. And uh, there was also Dig Dug on, uh, on um, the uh, Commodore 64. And I think with a friend of mine in high school, we, we programmed a, a, a version ourselves of Dig Dug on the TRS-80. And, and I learned a bit of machine language in order to uh, provide the graphics. So I was the graphics guy, and my friend was, uh, Frank was the, the guy who did all the programming. And Dig Dug was actually a fun game to program. It wasn't too complicated, and it was a lot of fun. I remember playing that on my TRS-80. So that was a Radio Shack computer. And, uh, and I loved playing my own video game. So, uh, but Dig Dug, you see there in, in, the, in, in uh, the series, uh, the, the original arcade version. And wow, it's so cool. And it, that reminds me, I don't know if you, uh, if you know uh, Mike Spellacy. Uh, he used to be a podcaster with me. Uh, we we uh, we did a, a couple of shows about I think about Battlestar Galactica and or was it something else? I don't remember Star Wars. Definitely, we did a couple of Star Wars episodes together. Um, and Mike, in his spare time, is restoring uh, these these old arcade machines. So he bought an an uh, an uh, what is it uh, a Pac Man machine. And it's really the entire thing, you know, screen and all, it's probably broken. But he, he knew that underneath that veneer, all the, 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 out, the, uh, in the exterior of that Pac-Man machine, there was actually a galaxy, something galaxy. I need to look, I need to Google that. I need to look it up. He's been chronicling his, his restoration process on, um, on Facebook and I've been, I, I didn't know he had it in him, but it's so much fun to see this, this under, underneath the, this, 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 this exterior of a, of a regular Pac-Man machine, not, nothing too special about it. There's actually, a, oh, the game is called Galaxian, Galaxian Update. He also blogs about it on his blog at spellacy.net, S-P-E-L-L-A-C-Y.net. Um, and you see the updates on how this, and it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating adventure. And it looks just like the way I remember um, that, th those machines in, in the 80s. So th that's a little tip. Hats off to my, my friend Mike Spellacy and the amazing work that he does. And hopefully it won't be the last one that he's going to restore. I, maybe Dig Dug could be in his future. I don't know. But uh, anyway, check it out. Um, so that, that's about uh, uh, Stranger Things. Really enjoying that series. And, uh, and it's creepy. It's like the other day, I was watching something, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to watch this tomorrow because it's a bit dark outside, and this is giving me the creeps, this series. And then I came back from a movie that I saw this morning, which is kind of in the same vein. Uh, Man in Black, the, the latest, it's called Man in Black International. They stopped giving it numbers. I think it's the fourth Man in Black movie. Um, and, of course, the original Man in Black started with... Um, uh, the oh, now I'm blanking out on the names. Will Smith and uh, the other actor, <laughs> the the grumpy. Um, hold on, that's what you get when you don't uh, prepare your shows. You know, Man in Black. I loved the first movie, Man in Black, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones, of course. Tommy Lee Jones was a huge uh, '90s 
tele, uh, movie star. And uh, the, 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 the original Man in Black was very quirky, very unexpected. We'd never seen something like that. It had very good special effects as well, especially these, all these aliens. So the, the premise of the, of the franchise is the aliens are among us. We don't know. We, we always keep looking for UFOs, but actually the aliens have already been living among us for, for decades, and they look just like us. But oftentimes they have these, I don't know, transformation skills, um, and there is a special uh, division of... It's actually not a division of, of the FBI or the CIA, but this is a, an institute in itself. It's very, very secretive. They have offices all over the world, and these men in black are actually secret agents that have the task of, of, of kind of keeping these aliens in line. Some of them are very benevolent and they, they have stores and run restaurants and no, no trouble, but then there are always these aliens that want to invade Earth and uh, kill people and take our resources, and the man in black are also licensed to kill. They are licensed to go after these aliens and either force them back in line or, or remove them from the, from the surface of this planet. The first movie was so original and so funny, and especially the chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith was unparalleled. I'd never seen something like that before. The kind of the grumpy old guy, uh, and then the, the total newbie uh, who is recruited by the Man in Black, and everything is new to him, and and he is you. You, you know, he, you're looking at this, you're discovering the universe through his eyes. It was very very funny. The second movie, the sequel to this, was a to me was a disappointment. It felt like uh, just a rehash of the things they'd done, but it kind of lost its uh, its spark. The humor wasn't as funny. The, the story was very forgettable. And then years later, they made a sequel, another th- a third sequel, and I love that one. It actually it it, it shows uh, Will Smith going back in time to meet the younger version of Tommy Lee Jones, uh, but I th- or it's another agent I forgot. Anyway, there's some time travel, and but it was fun. It was original. It, it kind of felt fresh again. It wasn't that much of a success at the box office. And now, many many years later, Sony again wants to revive this franchise because money, <laughs> because Sony. <laughs> but and 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 of course, I w- I'd had, had high hopes. I I I heard some podcast reviews, uh, some initial impressions, and people tend seem to like it. So I went to see it this morning in in regular old fashioned two D. And, um, yeah, yeah, well, I had a good time. It was okay. It was, unfortunately, not the... It wasn't, wasn't as much fun as I thought it would be. So Man in Black International stars two great actors that I really uh, enjoy watching, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Thor, and Tessa Thompson, who also played uh, uh, one of the leading characters in Thor Ragnarok, which is my all-time favorite um, superhero comedy. Um, and, and, and in that movie, there was great chemistry between the Hulk, between Thor and Tessa Thompson's character. I kind of forget her, her screen name back then. Um, and so it, it, it totally made sense to bring these two, or Chris and, and Tessa, together in, uh, for, for Men in Black. However, I don't know if it's me, but I felt that there was very little chemistry. I mean, they're very sympathetic, and I like both of them. But the lines are kind of, the humor falls flat. There was just like, I wasn't even smiling for half of the movie. I was just, just, okay, I'm just waiting for the fun to start. And then it never starts. And uh, the ending is very much a kind of a, 
a re repeat of the of the, of the endings of almost all the all the Man in Black movies. So there's a, an end boss in a certain way. The reveal is nothing, nothing revealing, nothing, nothing surprising. Kind of saw it coming for for a long time. And uh, oh, Liam Neeson also stars in this movie. Um, and yeah, yeah, it kind of fits the universe. But again, he doesn't really add anything to it. And I think what the, the visually the movie is okay. Um, there's a lot of CGI, as you can imagine, if you have aliens uh, <laughs> roaming around. But again, the, the, even the CGI doesn't look too too convincing. There's a lot of obvious CGI, and it's it's okay, it's good. But but I expected more of this movie. So is it a good movie? Well, it's okay. Um, I have to say, even at one point, I fell asleep. That usually is a good indicator that the movie is doesn't have what it what it what it takes. Um, th there's a lot of fighting. Just just hand fighting not even with with uh, with guns but just fist fighting and it's eh. the international aspect of it that's again you 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 show us that there are different branches all over the world and you go to london you go to paris but all that is just simple set dressing what do you sh what what do you see of paris the eiffel tower and only the eiffel tower it's like you could have done something more. Give us French-speaking aliens or something like that. It's it's a, it's a waste of the idea, and it, it feels a like a gimmick. Like oh, let's just cater to the international box office by filming some stuff in London and filming it in Paris. But all you get to see is the usual stuff. Been there, done that. Uh, you know, Mission Impossible did this. Uh, James Bond does this all the time, and Man in Black does it, but doesn't do it very well. So, eh, I was a little bit disappointed. I expected more, but it's a it's a fun popcorn movie. But there are many other movies that I think are more worth your time and your money. I would say wait for this to appear on Hulu or on Netflix or or Amazon Prime. Let's visit the peculiar bunch. I'm not talking about aliens. <laughs> Catholics rock. Here at the Peculiar Munch, we're always talking about uh, everything that concerns Catholics and Christians. Kind of the alien stuff, if you're not one of them. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? Today I want to share uh, an part of an interesting conversation that I had yesterday while building Boba Fett's Slave One spaceship with Lego. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. You know that I've been doing these Lego streams, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, the the thing that surprises me most while doing these Lego streams is the kind of conversations that I have with the people that are watching it live. I love my YouTube audience, and I love the interaction. It's even more interactive and more live than the podcast that I'm recording. Um, because I think people feel free to ask me anything. I just see their screen names. I don't see their real names. And people take advantage of the situation to just talk about almost anything. So we're talking about Star Wars, superheroes, um, uh, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and also about faith. And just the other day, we were talking about, uh, about mortality. I mean, I never expected, while building Lego, to talk, to talk about very, very you know, deep topics like 
accepting your own mortality, accepting the mortality and the fragility of your parents, for instance. So we talked a little bit about, uh, uh, well, about my father who is still at the hospital, and we don't know. It, it does, there's no not much progress, so we're very concerned. And I, oh, Frank, I honestly don't know if I will get my father back or the father that he used to be. He's still my father, but his mental abilities are uh, are greatly diminished and sometimes he has got these bright moments but very often he's still in the in the foggy uh kind of alternate universe of the delirium and then uh, there were several people in the chat room that could relate to that and told me personal stories about uh, their mother there was one of the people watching that um still felt guilty about Having not having done enough to help her mother, and then her mother died, and she still felt that she should have done more. Um, there was another boy in the chat uh, who shared his experiences with his father who died and that he accompanied, um, and he was much more at peace. He was like, it's, it's, it's painful, but I believe that he's in a better place. Um, and I've, I I recognize that topic of guilt and and this feeling of inadequacy as especially as a child, um, because that's even though I am fifty one years old, but I'm still the child of my father and the child of my mother, and there is something about that relationship that makes it so different from from other relationships you have in life. So you keep asking yourself, as a child, should 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 I shouldn't I go the extra mile or have I gone the extra mile and do I do enough and do I uh, fulfill the role that I have to play as a ch- as a child? Plus, you have the Ten Commandments. You know, honor your father and your mother. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Does it mean you you have to be uh, there day and night? Um, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a a therapist. I have limited time. Should I free up my calendar and stop working and be at the bedside of my father and support my mother uh, uh, 24 hours a day? H- how, how much is enough? And when is enough enough? And when do you have to protect your own, um, your own health also? And, and uh, uh, I find that a very, very tricky topic. And it's the first time that I really get to think about what does it mean honor your father and your mother? Does it mean that you have to do everything that they expect you to do or everything that I project on my parents, what I think they expect of me? Um, really, really difficult. And I think it, there is not a, one answer to it, of course. Uh, there's no you don't, In the Bible, you don't find any uh, you know, one-size-fits-all uh, proposal. Like, if you do this and this and that, then you're okay. Um it's something you have to discern, and I think the discernment is is key to this. And how do you discern what you have to do? Well, discernment in that respect is uh, is comparable to other times in your life that you have to make tough decisions. Do I go left and r- or right in my life? What kind of what is my vocation? Um, how do I uh, how do I uh, uh, behave towards people that are asking me things um uh, is there a difference between a parishioner or and and my parents uh as a pastor i have a lot of experience in 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 dealing with people that fall ill or that are getting problems with age and health and or cancer and mortality but do i 
be, do I make different decisions when it comes to my parents or not? Do I keep a certain professional distance or uh, how, what do you what do you do when 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 I feel that um, people are asking more than I can give? Uh, tough, really difficult questions, and I think the 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 sermon always requires you to um, to think to ask other people's advice. There's a lot of, uh, I think, of benefit uh, to find in, in, in talking about this with other people that have been in similar situations. Um, and, and perhaps the most important thing is don't start talking down to yourself. Don't, don't think too negatively about the situation or about your own position in, there, in that. Uh, guilt can sometimes be a, 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 an alarm bell. It's like, hmm, my conscience is alerting me that I may not be doing enough. But that guilt has to be tested. You have to think, you have to pray about that. Is that, is that really, is it projection? Is it someone projecting that on me, that guilt? Is it something, or is it real in, inadequacy? Is it really carelessness? Um, and so the, the role of your conscience, I think, is very important. And if you pray about this, if you talk about this, if you come to the conclusion, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, then, then that may be a time that you have to step away from the feelings of guilt and inadequacy and stop blaming yourself or blaming your parents or parents stop blaming your children. We do what we can, but we can't do everything. And in a situation, sometimes in situations where, with, uh, where there, where especially health-related situations, there's only so much you can do, and sometimes you have to let go, hand it over to the doctors, or hand it over to God. Um, but it requires constant evaluation and and reflection. And I personally find that, and I also talked about it on the walk this week. I, I have a, I've, I find that difficult, and I realize that my advice in the in the past to other people that have been in similar situations was perhaps a little bit too easy. Oh, just let go, just trust, and you know, don't blame yourself. Yeah, that's easier said than done. If it's your own, if it's your own situation. Uh, and it's your own parents and your own relationship with your parents, then wow, it's a it's a lot more it's a lot more difficult to 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 disentangle. But anyway, I wanna, just wanted to share that with you. That even as a priest, I'm also a, a son. I'm always I'm uh, uh, so it's not obvious, and 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 faith is not always obvious and doesn't have a an easy solution to everything. But faith does give me pointers and does always give me gives me hope that no matter how dire the situation is, you can always entrust it. If if you can't do enough or you feel that you can't do enough, you can always hand it over to God and ask Him to do what you can't do yourself. Because none of us are superheroes, and none of us are 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 wizards that can just flip their wands and everything is okay. And sometimes you will make mistakes and you will, will be inadequate, but it's not the end of the world. You do what you can do in a given situation and the rest is up to God. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? Oh, reading. I don't do enough of it. What do you do? when you want to read, but you can't find the time to read. It is one of my struggles right now because I want to do so much in my life. And I realize that if I want to do my work, 
filming, podcasting, social media. If I want to do my hobbies, gaming, uh, building Lego, streaming, all that stuff. If I want to stay healthy, walking, running, staying fit. If I want to do, if I want to keep in touch with the, the, the TV series and the movies, I have to make choices. And if I want to do more reading, I have to make choices. I have to decide how much time per week I'm going to dedicate to reading books. And I've noticed that it's, it's the easiest thing for me to skip is prayer and reading. And actually praying for a priest is also a lot of reading because we have the office of the hours. So that's a lot of, of uh, recitation and reading of psalms and biblical texts. And it's the first thing. And you know why? Because it is the one where you really can't do anything at the same time. When I'm playing a video game, I can listen to a podcast in the background or I can listen to some music. If I watch TV, sometimes I have my iPad n near me and I every once in a while just go and, 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 and read something if there is a kind of a boring part in the TV series. So there are a lot of things that I can multitask. I can listen to audiobooks while I'm folding my laundry. But reading, reading on paper or on the Kindle, reading prayers, I have to sit down and I have to shut out everything else. And it's that kind of focus that I find really hard. Because it's so easy when you sit down, and especially if you're reading on a, on a mobile device that has internet access, how often don't I just quickly switch over to Facebook and let's just do, oh, there's no likes. Uh, let's switch back to where was I in, my, in this prayer? And then I realized I wasn't even focusing on the prayer because I was wondering, you know, would there be any updates on Facebook? So if you have any tips on how to do that, I, I, I know that some of, some of my friends are, are uh, literally making, a, making an, a reading appointment with themselves on their calendars, like every day between five and six, I'm reading a book. I used to, to do a lot of audiobook reading when I was running, but I'm, I'm not doing any running right now, and I think if I would, with these temperatures, it would kill me. I have to do a lot of walking, but then my phone is not strong enough to... to uh, the battery doesn't last for, a, for an eight-hour walk. I, by the way, I did order my new phone, but um, Amazon told me that it's probably going to be delivered around the 20th of July. That is the day after I'm on vacation. Thank you so much for, for that. Oh, man. Anyway, patience. But again, uh, reading is, is requiring you to make the deliberate decision to read. It's not something you do on the side. So I'll, I'll try to do that, th that this week so I can give you a proper update on my, on my reading progress next week. And with that, it is time for whatever this jingle is announcing. I, I don't know. Is it science? Science fiction? Technology? Probably science fiction. I always have something to talk about when it comes to science fiction, right? <laughs> uh, I don't even recognize my own jingles. We'll just have to listen uh, together. It's got this long intro that I need to talk over. I don't have anything to say. Oh well, it's my lot in life. We're made to suffer. I see aliens. Little aliens from outer space. And how are things in outer Plutonia? How many times have I told you not to wear your space boots in the house? Go to shape. I mean, you can donate my body to science fiction. Get your suit on! We need you! Okay, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars, because why not? It's Star Wars. There's always something to talk about. Um, 
first of all, the rumor, and this is just a rumor, it's unconfirmed, that even though the Skywalker saga will end with this last uh, episode nine of the trilogy, The Rise of Skywalker, it will be the end of the Skywalker saga, and new movies have already been announced, a trilogy by the writers of Game of Thrones, and the trilogy, currently already in development ever since the end of The Last Jedi, it was announced that Ryan Johnson was working on a new Star Wars trilogy. Now, rumor has it that at least the character of Rey, Daisy Ridley's character, will return in one of those future trilogies. Possibly the same way uh, that Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Leia returned in this current trilogy. But what that tells us is that we are not going to completely drift away from the timetable, the time, the timeline that was established with these nine existing Star Wars movies. Because in a certain way, Episode Nine already exists. It's currently being edited, but it's already there. The story already has already been told. Um, so, and I'm excited about that because one of the things that bugged me in the announcement that that Ryan Johnson was doing something completely novel and it was going to completely step away of the of the timeline of the of the ships the stormtroopers the whole empire um, and would do something completely in a different corner of the universe in a different time frame that bugged me it was like why one of the great things about star wars is the continuity it is the fact that we see star wars we recognize star wars it is a universe in which we have played, in which we have lived. We care for that universe. It's almost as if all of a sudden J.R.R. Tolkien would have said, well, hey, I've finished The Lord of the Rings, and uh, yeah, I'm going to write a new story about um, hobbits, but it's, uh, it's, um, it's on another planet. It's on the planet of Mars, and the hobbits are, n are no longer these... These 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 uh, this race living underground in a hole, but they're living on clouds, in in uh, floating sail sailing boats, and but but believe me, it's still Middle Earth, but it's um it's another planet in Middle Earth. You're like, okay, who cares? Really, just bring us back to the Shire. I want to see the Shire. I want to go back, and and even the Silmarillion, um, is is. It is taking place in a certain way in a prequel universe of, of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but it's still Middle-earth, and there are still stories, some of those stories, that take place in in the the uh, the antiquity of the world that we get to know in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. That, that's why it's relevant. His whole creation story about how Middle-earth, Arda, was created is relevant to us, and I want to read it because a lot of that established universe returns in the fabric of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And I think Star Wars would make capital mistake to do some th something completely new and disconnected of the movies that we already know and have. So uh, I was really glad to hear that Daisy Ridley apparently has signed up for more movies than just this one. Uh, Mark Hamill has announced that this will be his last Star Wars movie. He's, he's ready to step away from the world of Star Wars. And I totally understand it. And let's not forget that Mark Hamill had a very successful career outside of the world of Star Wars. So, you know, that's great. That's I, I, I think that it's he this this next movie, that's gonna be his last and it's gonna be good. And and it's time to go to move on. But for, for Daisy Ridley, but also John Boyega, I hope that John Boyega will return in those future movies. Now my theory is that this is not going to be in the trilogy um, that is up next. 
the trilogy with uh, the the Game of Thrones writers. I think that the rumors are very likely to be true that that trilogy will take place in the ancient times of, of the Star Wars universe. And they will go back to a world that is familiar to Star Wars fans, the world of the Knights of the Old Republic. It will go back to the, let's say, the Middle Ages of the Star Wars world. And it makes sense to, to hire the Game of Thrones writers that are familiar with that kind of fantasy writing, in, in, where they have to create a fictitious Middle Ages, because that's what Game of Thrones is. It's a kind of a romanticized, fictionalized, uh, late Middle Ages that they created. And if they can do it, and, and they, they, had, they have a, a knack of telling stories that fit that feeling of Middle Ages, and, and I think that, that, that Star Wars could use something like that. And I would watch it, and we would all watch it, because a lot of the stuff that we see in the current Star Wars movie and, and stories harken back to these ancient times that we never have seen before. We've seen you know, the prequels, but prequels is recent history if you look at the total timescale of the Force and the Jedi Knights. So bringing us back to those earlier days of the Jedi Knights where Jedi Knights are like knights, like the Knights of the Round Table, could be very interesting narratively, but still connected to what we already know. And I think that Ryan Johnson has had the, the was, was asked to write a trilogy for 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when also the actors, John Boyega and, 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 and um, what's his name, Poe Dameron's character, and, um, and Finn will all have aged and will be now at the age where they pass it on to a younger generation. For the actors, it's going to be kind of weird to step away from these, this trilogy and then be out of work, out of a job for, I don't know, 10 years, and then coming back. And maybe their lives have, will have moved on um, so who knows what is going to happen? But I can't, can't wait to hear more about this. But I'm for for my part, I'm glad that there's going to be at least a little bit of continuity. And with that, I think it is time to wrap things up here on the show on this week's show. I'm gonna put this in the uh, in my Google Drive so Inga can post this online. And in the meantime, I'll record my little uh, after show for my patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/FatherRoderick and. I'll also answer some of the questions that were asked while I was streaming this live in the chat room. So stick around if you're a patron and uh, see you next week. Yeah.